No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it. As always, hope our listeners are doing well today. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. You know, Brian, I know that Christmas is not the way that it was. Holiday season actually has been a little bit different. I'm not feeling the holiday season as much. I mean, I've read about it. I've heard about it. It's on all the TV stations. People are decorating their houses out there. But I don't know about you. How are you feeling about the holiday season? Do you still have the spirit? Well, sure. All you got to do is turn on the Hallmark Channel. And there you go. There. 24-7 <laughs> holiday movies. I can I even a, tell you how they all end. <laughs> they all have the same theme. They all end the same way. It's like those radio stations, you know, they're beginning to play holiday music even before Thanksgiving. There's some that play a, a month of Christmas music in July. I think it's, I think the Hallmark Channel is just going to play Christmas content all during the year and make people happy. We're just really looking for reasons to be happy, but I think we've got a lot of things to be thankful for this year. One One of which is that we got through 2020 with all of the challenges with the presidential election. And of course, number one has been COVID. But I think we're really seeing a light here at the end of the tunnel. What do you think about that? Well, it is interesting with all the struggles. And trust me, I'm aware of a lot of them that people have been going through. And and all of the challenges and the, the emotional impact, which is probably not really being talked about enough. In fact, I was talking to somebody recently, he's a psychologist, and he told me a figure, I I can't verify it or not, but he said in Japan, they're now having more deaths from suicide than they are from COVID. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, The effects of the isolation and the depression, and he mentioned uh, something else, which I can't verify, that the effect of losing a loved one is less than the effect of losing a job for a lot of people. 
We're built to have human interaction, and when we cut that off, you know, alcoholism, divorce, depression, financial ruin, I mean, all these things are exacerbated in, in this environment. So there's other big issues under underlying just the, did you get sick or did you not? Did your family get sick or not? There's a lot of other things. But the one interesting thing also to look at is the markets that are all-time high and your real estate's at an all-time high. So it's like, imagine how much worse it would be if we had a depression right. or, you know, if this was the mid-30s where not only did all that happen, you lost your job, all these terrible things. And then, oh, by the way, nobody has any money or food. We didn't suffer that loss as a whole. Certainly the loss is the haves and have-nots. You're like, well, that sounds great. I lost my restaurant as I listen to you, Brian. I feel like I lost a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people lost everything or a lot of what they had. The typical person listening that has a 401k, maybe some rental houses or whatever, they didn't lose. They actually are coming out way ahead during a pandemic, which is still a little tough to get my head wrapped around. But it is a haves and have-nots. Now, certainly not everybody made money on real estate or the stock market that's listening to me right now or their business. So it's really a dichotomy of outcome that has happened. And it's going to take a while to unravel that. And it's really going to be a case-by-casing. It's not going to be, well, overall, this happened. Well, overall doesn't matter to you if you don't have a job and you don't have a business anymore. So, you know, it's it's just interesting to look at. But I, again, I think that there's a lot that we're going to uncover in the months and frankly, years to head. And it's going to be a little bit like, you know, we talk about people that grew up through the depression as kids and they have, we call it depression sickness. You know, they scrimp and save. They, they won't spend an extra 10 cents to park there or to use the pay for loo or whatever. You know, it's like watching yeah. every cent and then um, you're worth $5 million. I think you'd be okay. You're 82. It's like, they're so scarred from that. I, I wonder what long-term effects the scarring will have on people from COVID. Yeah, it is interesting. As you said, I mean, the market is doing well the real estate business. I mean, I was very surprised. I got a friend in the real estate business and he was saying that, you know, the value of houses, the cost of houses, at least in Snohomish County, up 14.6% year to year. So residential real estate is really, really booming. There are far more buyers than there are sellers. And I think that's largely due to the low interest rates. So, you know, there are some positive things out there. And of course, as you said, the market has been mostly up. It's been down a little bit in some sectors, but mostly up. And as you said, the market is a forward-looking indicator. So that tells me that the general populace, there is hope. I mean, we've got these vaccines now. They're beginning to be administered, and we're looking at light at the end of the tunnel. Do you think that come 2021, I mean, we had all the best hopes for 2020, but do you think that 2021 now is going to be the real thing? Well, yeah. I mean, certainly, again, for a lot of the economy, yes. I think we have a lot of pent-up demand, obviously. People are creatures of what they've done before, and they're going to want to go back to their life before all this happened. And they're going to have a real hunger for that, you know, I think. And, you know, Americans and, and entrepreneurs and so far, they're very resilient. I mean, we had all kinds of wrenches thrown into the works, whether it's Spanish flu, World War One, the Great Depression, World War Two, you know, Vietnam War, oil embargoes, crash of 87, uh, dot-com, 9-11, banking crisis, Iraq war. There's wrenches, COVID, throw them all in there. And we always come storming back as a country. We always, always do. And I would say some of those things I just mentioned sound a lot worse than what COVID wreaked on our country. And so generally, following these times, you have a boom time. And so even though you feel down, you're like, how are we going to come out of this? We're going to have all these problems. 
somehow we manage. And certainly with where we're at within the technological era, we're coming up with things that, at a, such a rapid rate. I don't think that that recovery takes as long because we can almost reinvent other industries through technology, whether it's the energy industry or, or other industries, manufacturing. Uh, I think there's going to be a real drive for that. And that's just how we're wired here, especially in America. Yeah, I think there's going to be real hope ahead here in 2021. As you said, the technology age really got a push start, I think, because of COVID, people going to Zoom and so forth. And I'm just amazed. I got a new (laughs) telephone recently and all the things that this telephone can actually do. I don't use most of them. But yeah, there was the industrial age that changed things. Now there's the technology age. So I really have all great hopes and dreams that 2021 is going to get us back on the right track. And as you said, America is resilient. Now, the market, of course, is up and down. What do you attribute these ups to the market to? And do you really think that the market can continue to grow the way it has grown here in the recent past? Well, long term, absolutely. Uh, We did a show once where I said, all right, the S&P generally trades between 15 and 20 times earnings. So let's call that, uh, I think it was 16 and 17 right in there. That equates to about a 6% yield. So 6% increase year after year. And the markets are valued based upon earnings in the end, earnings. If they're going up 6% a year, I just drew a line out from where we were when we did that show. And I think it was the year 2040 we, that I said, well, the line says the Dow should be at 50,000. So yes, because companies continue to increase their profitability. If they're making more, their company's worth more. That's the nature of markets. And so that's why they go up. And I'm sure if you went backwards on that line and went back to when I started public accounting and the Dow was between one and 2000, it's the same thing. You could just draw that line right out. Now, the thing is when you put the actual return of the Dow over it, it looks like a, a heart monitor, you know, it's yeah, up going down. across the screen. Yeah, there's a great way to say, what does what the stock market look like? You, either one of those uh, earthquake reader things or a heart monitor, maybe more so. <laughs> but tilt the heart monitor up about 20, 30 degrees. There's your stock market. It's like, you know, up and down like, like crazy. But it, it eventually gets there because you tilted it up. And that's what the market does. So certainly long term, it can do that. But, you know, it's not all of the market. It's going to be certain parts of the market are going to do so much better than other parts and other parts will do very poorly. So having the right positioning is going to matter, the right sector weightings, the right allocations to real estate and stocks versus bonds and annuities and life insurance products for investment. All this stuff really matters more so now probably than ever before because it's, again, going to be a very interesting time going forward. But yeah, absolutely, the, the markets can recover, especially with the innovation that's going to happen over the next, think about the next three years, how things are going to change. I mean, a year ago, I, I had clients that, oh, I've never, you know, I would never have a meeting online and all this stuff. And now they're, oh, yeah, I use Zoom uh, three times a day. I talk to my grandkids. I'm talking to you. And I'm talking. People change. They adapt. That's interesting. I was thinking of the actor Christopher Walken. I don't know if you know who that is, but I just read yesterday that he does not have a cell phone. He does not have a computer and he has never sent any email. So I think he might be one of the only ones in the country (laughs) that has never done that (laughs) because I've got somebody in my family who's 100 years old who uses the computer every day. So things are definitely changing. You know, speaking of the tech age and things that are advancing so quickly, I mean, is this really indicative that you should take a look at your portfolio and rebalance it to maybe point things more towards tech stocks? I mean, tech investments rather than the way that we did things before? Well, I think it's always a good time to look at your portfolio because if you said it some time ago, let's say you said, well, I'm just going to go dividend paying stocks and you had a lot of certain kinds of companies that didn't do so well through all of this in your portfolio, you might look 
look at it and go, ooh, I took a hit. What's he talking about? Record highs. I'm nowhere near my record high, and I've been pulling money out of this account. So, you know, I, I think that anybody needs some good professional advice looking at anything you have and and certainly with the financial area that holds true too especially as i mentioned last week's show even a good do-it-yourself investor does not have access to many of the stuff that i talk about on the show because you have to go through a licensed financial advisor you can't go out and buy a private non-traded REIT, a fixed index annuity a fixed index universal life policy all these things that we talk about you are dst any of them You cannot do that. You're not allowed legally to go buy it. So you have to work with an advisor. So certainly working with an advisor that you trust, that isn't just trying to sell you something, and emphasize that (laughs) because I know you know what I'm talking about if you're listening to this show. But if you're talking to somebody that's not just in for the sale and is actually trying to help you and listen to what you want and what you need and offer solutions, uh, many of which you've probably never heard of or done a deep dive on, that's always important to do. You're listening to Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. Of course, our show is Growing Your Wealth. Glad you could join us this week. Happy New Year to you. Once again, if you would like to take advantage of the opportunity to get a no-cost, no-obligation financial plan with the advisors here at Madrona Financial Services, call 844-MADRONA. 844-MADRONA. You can also request it online by going to madronafinancial.com. Brian, we're going to take a quick break and we come back here on Growing Your Wealth. We're going to be talking about whether it's wise for retirees to actively trade stocks, what we can learn from 2020. We'll also talk about the next economic crisis, empty retail space, and also a little bit more about year-end financial checklist when our show continues right after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. 2020 has come to an end, and the passing of another year means we get to start fresh and reevaluate our goals. As we enter into 2021, take a moment to reflect back on what mattered most in the past year. It could have been your health, your friends, and most likely, your family. Let the start to 2021 be a call to action to ensure that you have a solid estate and legacy plan in place for your family. Call 844-MADRONA to get more information on creating a plan to fit your loved one's needs. At Madrona Financial Services, they believe in creating comprehensive written plans designed to help ensure you never outlive your money and that your plan also reflects the wishes you have for your family. And to make it easy, Madrona Financial Services offers complimentary virtual no-obligation meetings where they'll take the time to discuss your unique goals and financial situation. Leave this past year behind and enter a new one with the confidence that your loved one's future is secure. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. 
Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrone Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about areas in the real estate market that are at risk post-COVID. And Brian, I read a story just the other day about a business owner who was renting a lot of retail space. And he, of course, he had to send his employees home to work from home. And he just decided to go ahead and break the lease on that and get out of the retail space. More and more employees are working from home. A lot of charities, people are working from home. And that tends to be the trend of the future. So how does this impact the real estate market in the fact that there are so many empty retail spaces out there? Is this the next economic crisis, do you think? Well, it's, you know, that's going to have to play itself out. And so I wanted to talk about that in this section because as we look at the real estate, if you own real estate or are thinking about it, you want to make sure you're in the right real estate post-COVID versus pre-COVID. Now, I would say that pre-COVID, we did have an indication of where things were going. This just electrified that and made it happen faster. Because if you asked me a year ago before I'd ever heard of COVID, you know, what do you think about investing in most retail space? Now, I'm going to separate out necessity-based retail, stuff that stays open and is better during recession than not. That's a whole different class. But your regular real estate, gee, Brian, what do you think about you know investing in shopping centers or retail space? And I go, with Amazon out there? I don't think that's a good idea at all. Well, what do you think about building new office buildings with the internet and working from home and stuff uh, starting to gain some ground? I I don't think that's a good idea at all. And what do you think about hotel? I might have had a different answer there. I might have said, well, you know, we have a more affluent world right now, much more affluent. And I think hotels are going to do great. So I would have been right on two of the three Mm post-COVID. Because post-COVID, now I really don't like shopping centers and most retail. Now I really don't like the thought of building a new office building uh, in a regular area. And hotels took a hit too. I don't know if it'll be long-term. I don't think so, actually. So when I think about the real estate markets, I don't think that we were so off on, on what we thought about real estate before COVID. It just kind of moved along faster. We got to where we thought we were going to get much quicker. And here we are. Yeah, I was just reading here that hotels are running below 50% occupancy at this point, but I think that those are going to bounce back. As you said, we are an affluent society. People are going to want to go on vacations. I mean, we've got cabin fever now. People want to get out there. So I think hotels probably are going to bounce back. But again, when you talk about retail places and, you know, companies like JCPenney, Neiman Marcus, Pier 1, they filed for bankruptcy. But there are a lot of people working from home. So when we think about the economy and how it really relates to the retail, that's one thing. Hotels is a different. But what about, you know, we've talked before about Delaware statutory trusts on this program. The fact that if you've got some rental real estate, you want to get out of that. You want to get into some other types of real estate and other markets. That is going to affect or is it going to affect the sort of properties that you put people in with a Delaware statutory trust? Well, it is. And and I would say, interestingly enough, before COVID, I've seen office and shopping DSTs and private real estate. Well, I didn't put any clients into it before. I'm sure not going to after. I mean, you know, I kind of saw that writing on the wall. And so I virtually have very little, if any, in hotels either. Not to say I think that they're bad. It might be a good time to buy into that area because you'd probably be buying low. In fact, my best friend from college, uh, he owns a chain of luxury hotels. And he's, you know, okay, ever closed down. He's just kind of writing it out. And he expects to be back with a fury once this is all over, just waiting it out. And so I think, you know, they'll be good in the long run. 
so the other areas of the market that we do, you know, I mentioned earlier, necessity-based retail, you know, things that you think will do well in a recession, or it might be rental houses or, you know, on the low end, the inexpensive stuff. I mean, residential real estate's doing great. It might be self-storage. Self-storage doing great. Uh, manufactured housing lots, the leasing up of the lots themselves. That could do great. Warehouse facilities, distribution facilities. That could be a great place to put. And then finally, apartments. Apartments are going to depend on where you're at and what that local economy is looking like. So that's that's a caveat there. But there's still great post-COVID real estate areas to invest in, and they kind of come and go out there with, in the DST space. And uh, anything I would ever talk about would be uh, past tense because whatever is available is, is gobbled up by the time anybody gets around to seeing it. This stuff moves pretty quick. So I can't talk about any specific offerings ever, but I can just talk general asset classes that they come available from time to time and and some of them look good, some of them not as good just because of where they're at or their exit strategy or their history or whatever. But uh, that's part of the analysis we do. But I I still think there are great areas of real estate. But if you happen to own, you know, office building or or retail, uh, you might not be thinking the same thing. Right. I'm thinking about how I can generate some money from this with so many people. I mean, there are some people that are just breaking the leases to uh, get out of them and willing to pay the penalty there because they have realized that their employees can work from home. I have seen some retail spaces, in particular shopping malls, that have been repurposed and they're using those for things like Amazon warehouses. But one in particular that I'm thinking of actually is building residential housing in this commercial space. And I've often thought of, you know, some of the high-rise buildings that may have 50% vacancies that wouldn't it be better to maybe just convert these commercial buildings into apartment buildings because people always need a place to live and real estate, the price of uh, homes and things is going up. And I would think that that means that there are more and more people looking for apartments to live in. What do you think about that strategy? Now, I'm glad you brought that up because I see that happening in Alderwood Mall where the Sears was. They are building a bunch of apartments and I got to thinking, you know, you can walk to a food court, right. you can walk to the movie theater, Costco's within walking, you know, not that you can walk to Costco, so you got to carry back, you know, $500 worth of stuff. <laughs> so you, you got to drive to Costco. Right. But you've got Massage Envy across the street, you got Starbucks right there, you got, they could kind of change the, instead of 40 places to buy women's clothing, maybe there's 15 places to buy women's clothing and 25 places that are turned into a dental place or a medical place or a daycare, you know, with one of the larger facilities. There's so much you could do. I, and and I think that we're going to see a, a real interesting shift from the typical shopping mall where they put residences attached to them and change kind of the flavor of some of the, the shops that are in there to make it kind of like a town center, but it's right. covered. And so, you know, we adapt. And I, I see that ad- adaptation. I was like, what's going to happen to this mall? Oh, my gosh. And now I'm going, you know, I think it's going to do quite well in the end. So I think uh, my hat's off to the people that came up with that idea. And I think they're going to take the next steps, like I just mentioned. Considering the fact that the residential real estate market is so, so very strong, I heard one realtor talking yesterday, a friend of mine talking about buying houses to simply flip them because the real estate market is so strong. What do you think about that strategy? You got to be very careful of flipping houses because you got at least 10% cost of doing that. You got realtor fees, uh, excise tax, title and closing costs. You've got holding costs of how long it takes to get it fixed up your time and time value of money and monthly payments you're making on that, property taxes. And so you might be, even if you bought a house and put minimal work into it, 
got it ready for sale and sold it. And you say, oh, I made 20% on it. And I might remind you, well, you had 15% go out in expenses there. Oh, yeah. Man, it took me a year to do or half a year or whatever. Oh, I made 5%. Well, yeah, okay, you made a profit at least. Someone else that didn't have a 15% increase didn't make a profit. So flipping houses is very expensive. So the first 10 to 15%, you, you're saying, well, that's a sunk cost. I'm out that if it doesn't go up. Anyway, that's a business. I don't I don't advise everybody to just get into flipping. I mean, long-term, okay, fine. But short-term, maybe not as much. But it's interesting you mentioned about residences. I had a, a, a thought about that. You know, back in the old days, most of the economies were rural, and that's where people lived. And as years went by, people moved to the city. They moved out of the country and to where the jobs were in the city, in the heart of the city, and so they were booming. Well, now we've had COVID and the technology advancements and Zoom meetings and all that stuff. And now we're seeing people move from the city to the rural areas again. We have a complete reversal. They're moving to Boise and Missoula and and other places and suburbs or beyond suburbs are are getting acreage on eastern Washington. I hear northern Idaho, wherever they're going to places because it doesn't matter where they live anymore. And so I think it's very interesting, this exodus that is now kind of I'm seeing happen, not a mass exodus, but... The trend line that now we're going back to where we were way back to where you can live in the country. You can have a beautiful view from your office all the time instead of the horns honking in ambulances because you're on a Zoom meeting and you're on the, on the Internet. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. I have heard those stories, and I heard a story just the other day on the radio about some incentives for people to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't know who's providing these incentives, but if you move to Tulsa, they'll give you $10,000. That is if you can work from home. Another place is Northwest Arkansas. Again, $10,000. I learned that it's the mountain biking capital of the United States. But if you move to uh, northwest Arkansas, they not only give you $10,000, but they give you a mountain bike as well, too. So there are some incentives to move to other parts of the country because, as you said, with technology, you can pretty much work from anywhere. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And we're talking about the economy in general here and, of course, uh, your investments on today's show. If you'd like a no-cost, no-obligation plan with the advisors here at Madrona Financial Services, once again, 844-MADRONA is the number to call. That would be a good thing to put at the top of your to-do list for 2021 is to get your finances in order. Once again, you can get your no-cost, no-obligation plan at 844-MADRONA. You can also log on to the website, madronafinancial.com, and email us from there. Brian, time for another break. We'll be right back with more of our show right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled. Travel plans have been canceled. Sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. 
Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors, this is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about whether it's wise for retirees to actively trade stocks. And Brian, a lot of people have got a little excess time on their hands these days, especially retirees who may have gone out and played golf or, you know, did some things out in the community, some volunteer work. Maybe they went to see the kids or the grandkids and now they're just home. There's only so much television that you can watch and there's only so much to do. So some people have turned to, hey, I've heard about these little apps that you can get for your phone like Robinhood and it allows me to trade stocks online by myself and instead of playing video games they're sort of playing games with their stocks a little bit. So the question is and you pointed it out there in the intro to this segment is it really wise for retirees to get involved actively with trading their own stocks? Well the easy answer is it depends on whether you did well or not. But yeah. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll pretend that uh, we're trying to think about the future because you know if, if you got lucky and picked the right one you go, oh, I'm a genius. Right. And then, you know, later you go, oops, uh, it went the other direction. Now I'm an idiot. I'm like, well, actually, you're neither. That's the world of stock trading. You feel like a genius when you, it's doing well, nothing that you had anything to do with. Right. And you feel like an idiot when it's it's not. So you might be surprised by my answer because as a financial advisor, if, if anybody listening to the show ever brought up, hey, I'm thinking about trading my own stocks, pretty much sure about 98% of financial advisors say, oh, don't do that. You need to leave all your money with me, the experts. And that would probably be what you're, you're hearing. And I would have a different answer. In fact, I wrote about this. The first time I ever contributed to a book was a little black book on personal finance way mm-hmm. back when. I think it was the early 2000s. The chapter I wrote, I only had one chapter in that book. I was talking about asset allocation, diversification, uh, mentioned how I thought real estate would be a good place to be. I don't ignore it. Uh, stocks, bonds, large cap, mid cap, small cap, all those kinds of areas. But I also, at the end of it, I talked about play money. And what I discussed in there was that, you know, as a financial advisor, I can't take massive risks with somebody's portfolio. I can't just say, you know, I think that this company is going to come up with the next vaccine. And then, oops, well, there were four companies. I missed it. <laughs> I was the one that didn't or whatever. 
And, you know, it's very hit and miss. I can't just put half my client's money into a stock or something like that. But as an individual investor, you might say to yourself, you know, I know something about a particular industry or a particular product. And I think it's really good. And I want to invest in it because I think that they're going to be really different. And, you know, five years ago, it could have been, you know, they just say Amazon's going to be it or Tesla's going to be it or whatever, you know, your company. And you thought that that one was really going to rock and roll. And it might have been Boeing and you might have you know, missed that one a little bit or or whatever. But you feel strongly about a company, uh, three companies. You know, it's usually just a few. I would say that it's okay for you to carve that out. But the point is, are you going to carve out 80% of your retirement portfolio on that kind of gamble? 5%, 12%, you know, you got to figure out what, what amount... Are you okay with whatever it does? And it may go way up in value, and I hope it does. Or it may go down in value, and you'll still be okay with the rest of your money. So you have a permanent portfolio that's going to be have asset allocation. It's never going to be the best thing on the market. It's never going to be the worst. That's the point of it. But you can have a percentage of your assets if you feel strongly you've done some research. Now, some people called me and said, I've looked at, I'm looking at this stock. I said, what do you know about it? Well, not much. But my neighbor says it's really awesome. And well, I looked it up and I go, well, it's not so awesome. Here's some of their financials. Like, oh, I'm glad I called you. But often it's it's something they just feel strongly about. I love Costco. I go there all the time. I'm just going to buy Costco. And, Great, buy some Costco and hang on to it. So, you know, it's a mixed answer on this, Jeff, uh, that certainly there are situations where I think it's highly appropriate for you to have a portion of your portfolio in stocks that you feel strongly about. So if I'm correct in getting your point here, Brian, it's that you've got some play money. And let's say you set aside a couple of thousand dollars or whatever you can afford to lose. And that's what you play with. But you really don't want to mess much with the money that you need to put a roof over your head, food on the table, that sort of thing. And as you said, you know, you get stock tips from people all the time. The mailman, you get them from your neighbor and so forth. But oftentimes they're really not cracked up to uh, be what this person says that there's going to be. Well, yeah, one of the things I want to say about that, it could be a couple thousand. It could be a couple hundred thousand. And it really comes down to your percentage because if you're worth 20 million, well, don't even bother with a couple thousand. It's not going to move the needle. If you're going to think you really found a stock, well, do hundreds of thousands, you know, and make it move the needle. It's more about a percentage. You might say, well, I'm going to put 10% in the 5%, whatever that percentage is, and run with that. And so it's going to be more of a percentage outlook on that. And you're right. I mean, you may hear tips from people or you may turn on the TV and go, you know, that Kramer says this is a definite win. It's going to go. It's going to explode. It's the next big thing. And you throw something against the wall or whatever. And you know, I know they did a study on his hot stock tips, and it was right about the average of the S&P 500. So <laughs> it's an entertainment show. He's not a licensed financial advisor. That's why he can make stock picks on TV, because he isn't licensed to give advice. He's an entertainer. He used to be licensed, but he isn't anymore. And so it is what it is. So be careful where you get your advice. A lot of times your gut feel is probably better than what someone else's gut feel is anyway. So if you love Costco because you shop there all the time, your gut's probably better than Kramer's gut as to far as which stock you should buy. But I would look at it from a percentage basis, not necessarily a dollars basis. Brian, is it true that by the time that you hear about something, you hear about a technology or you hear about a stock, uh, something that is growing greatly, is it too late to invest in it? You know, I used to think that uh, because, you know, that's kind of how it was back in the day. 
But anymore, you look at momentum, and I have a momentum ETF in many of my portfolios. And what that says is once a stock is on an upward trajectory, it tends to stay on that trajectory for quite some time anymore if you're in the right ones. So if you think of a Tesla or you think of a, you know, a tech stock or, or you know, an Apple or something like that, I mean, once they started going up, a Home Depot, whatever, Costco, once they started going up, they really haven't looked back. And I can look up every statistic on them and say, well, gee, this one's overvalued. But what it doesn't say, the statistics don't say, is how innovative these companies are and that they're going to probably beat their expectations. They're going to come up with new products and, and services and so forth. And so that's not really embedded in the historical research. So anymore, because of what I talked about earlier on the show, the, the excessive advancements in technology and how certain companies are adopting that and reinventing themselves every couple of years, those companies will probably continue to do that. They're not going to stop doing that. And sometimes they stop for a while. I would say Microsoft kind of did for a while. They were in a malaise for over 10 years that stock didn't move while the rest of the market did didn't move too much and now they've kind of reinvented themselves with the cloud and all that stuff so now they're more of a momentum stock so yeah i said a lot of words there hopefully some of that made sense i get so excited i just keep talking and yeah about uh how i look at this stuff but uh there's a little insight to what's going on in my brain yeah, I would have. I would have never thought that Tesla would be as successful as it is because I remember, you know, this was a couple of years ago when they had trouble delivering the cars that people had ordered, and so many people were uh, canceling those. But you know, that is one that just went on. I mean, there's SpaceX and Elon Musk just keeps coming up with more things to do. So Tesla would have fooled me. For the average investor, Brian, is there a way for someone to sort of look under the hood of these stocks and really see what they're all about, valuations that is, before they pull the trigger on? Them. Oh, sure. I mean, you can look at projections, analysts, estimates of profits relative to the price and the growth of profits uh, relative to the price called the PEG ratio, the PEG ratio. You can look at many of these different attributes. And I guess what I'm pointing out, if you looked at Tesla, when, when you were just talking about it, they were hemorrhaging money. They were projected to lose money. They couldn't deliver cars. They're in an industry that's tough. Making cars is tough to make a big profit on, profit margin, because you have such high costs of production, materials, labor, steel, you know, whatever it is, and the battery technology, the research and development. I mean, they're, they're just, how are you going to make a profit? Same thing with Amazon a whole bunch of years ago. How are you ever going to make a profit doing this? And it took them, you know, 20 years to figure that out. But once they did, boy, now they've really figured it out because they innovated along the way. So no amount of research into their facts and figures would have led you to the conclusion that it was good to buy Amazon or Tesla. But as we know, that would have been a great place to put your money. So there are certain industries like technology and innovative companies, you almost have to throw that stuff out. And other industries, maybe you can look at and analyze a little bit more. But it's tough because you look at like the energy sector and they're, none of them, they're, they're losing money. So it's going to say, don't buy them. Well, it might be a good time to buy because maybe they're going to turn things around. Certain ones, I don't know. And so it's you can get some of that information, but you got to be careful on your analysis of what it means because you don't know what innovation is going to happen in the future. Yeah, you really have to be able to interpret that information. And of course, somebody who's done it as long as you have can interpret that information and get more of a, a true answer than someone else who doesn't have that experience. 
When it comes to stock investing and, you know, taking a look at your portfolio as you get older and get into retirement, and Brian, you know, you talked about all this tech stuff. Is it still a good idea to sort of lay the foundation or make the foundation of your stock portfolio more of the, you know, sort of stalwart stocks out there, the, the, just the, the, you know, people who make light bulbs, that sort of thing, and, you know, just sort of the, the stocks that we've known for 20, 30, 40, 50 years? Right. You know, and I can't give specific investment advice, but I will tell you, if you're putting together a portfolio, I would not ignore the tech sector. <laughs> no, I mean, not you at think all. about this post-COVID world. Again, what are the most, where are the most innovative companies going to be? Well, certainly you look at some of the top ones like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Netflix, those kinds of companies. They're coming up with new stuff all the time. So, boy, I, I, I feel comfortable investing in those companies, regardless of their valuation long term. I think they're going to be much better in the future than they are today. That's Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And we've been talking about whether or not it is wise for retirees to actively trade stocks and what we could learn from 2020. If you'd like your no-cost, no-obligation financial portfolio from Brian, maybe it's a first look or maybe you've got a plan with somebody else you want a second or a third opinion on that. Again, the advisors here are happy to help you, again, at no cost. Call 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA. And, of course, you can find out more about the firm online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll review some end-of-year financial checklist items for you and more when our show continues after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. As we get close to year end, I thought it was a good time to review our financial decisions and maybe tweak a few of them to help you in the long run, especially anybody a little bit younger is listening to this message. One of the papers I wrote once was called The Million Dollar Lattes. And basically, I talked about how if you, instead of stopping and getting two lattes a day, tax and tip, and said that you drank the free coffee at work, and you did that for starting at age 25, if you'd taken that money and put it into your 401k plan instead, and you put it in the S&P 500 and you got the company match, you could literally have a million dollars by the time you're 65. So just that little bit a day, those two uh, drinks of coffee could make that much of a difference. So time value is a big deal, investing is a big deal for the long term. And so at this time, I think it's good to talk about if you're in a 401k plan and maybe you've had 8% deductions or 5% deductions, maybe it's a good time if, if you think you can afford it to up that, maybe go from five to eight or from eight to 12 or whatever you can afford. Now might be a time to start just putting a little bit more away in that retirement plan. Conversely, if you look at your mortgage, you might think, you know, I could make an extra $100 a month or $200 a month. And I remember when I did this way back when I, I did the math on it, I was like, oh my gosh, I just knocked eight years off of my mortgage by adding a couple hundred bucks a month. And so that could be a very good thing too, to get your mortgage paid upon retirement. So think about tweaking your investments as we get close to year end. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about a year-end financial checklist. And Brian, at the end of the year, for years and years, I've always done a little financial checklist. I mean, I've done a personal checklist as well, too, see if I've lost any weight, you know, see if any more hair is going down the drain, (laughs) that sort of thing. (laughs) But a financial checklist is always important. I like to take a look, and this is something that a friend of mine's dad started as doing, I guess, when we were like 20. 12, 13 years old. And he was talking about net worth back then. <laughs> As a 12-year-old, you know, how much net worth do you really have? But he always said, you got to figure out your net worth and just make sure that it goes up every year. But I want to talk about some of the things that as the year comes to an end that we should be taking a look at. So where do we start with this? What's the first place that we want to look when it comes to a financial year in checklist? Well, I mean, the first thing I would do is certainly if you haven't looked at your 401k allocations, take a look at them. It doesn't take that long, but pull it up online, take a look at it, and as you're looking at it, ask yourself, do I know what these things mean? So it might say, I don't know, 2030 fund. Do you know what that is? Do you know what's inside of it? Do you know, should you be in the 2020 or the 2050? I remember one time this this person came in and they go, you know, the market's been going up year after year after year, and I've been fully invested in the market and my investments aren't going up. And I can't figure it out why. And I said, oh, that's weird because, yeah, we I think it was post uh, 9-11. And so for five, ten years, whatever it was, as the market recovered or, you know, for several years there, as the market recovered, he didn't have any gains. And I looked at it and I said, oh, well, you see how where all these funds say income fund? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are stock funds. I, you know, I no. When it says income, it's a bond fund. He said, what? I said, yeah, you've been 100% invested in bonds for years. And he was like, oh, because he, he relied on what he thought it meant to be in. So, and not to say he should have been in something else or shouldn't have. I'm just saying he thought he was in one thing. He thought he was taking the risk of equities. He thought he should have been rewarded when they were going up, and he wasn't. And that cost him, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars, just because he didn't spend a little bit of time looking online at that symbol to say, what's in this thing? So I would say at least take a look at your 401k, pull it up on the computer, look under the hood of the symbols that you have, and have a basic understanding of what you're in. And if it doesn't quite look right, get some help. So we're talking about 401k allocations here and taking a look under the hood here at the end of the year. Also, is this a good time to maybe rebalance your portfolio, take a look at everything that you've got and make some tweaks to it? Or does the occasion ever present itself where really you just don't need to rebalance at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first step is, where am I? <laughs> you know, that's and that's what I just talked about. The next step is, where do I want to be? So if where you want to be is right where I'm at, well, then don't make a change. That's great. If where I want to be was, oh, I want to be in the equities, not all in bonds. Well, make the change. And so identify where are you, where do you want to be, and then how am I going to get there? So, the, you know, those pretty basic stuff. So that absolutely is something... That's your starting point. It won't take that long. You'll get something out of it. I think you'll feel a little more empowered. But you may be someone who I can't look at it. It drives me nuts. I lose my mind when I try and go on there and look at this stuff. I don't understand what it says. It's like reading the income tax code in Latin. I just can't do it. It just doesn't make sense. Fine. Let one of our people look at it and tell you what's there and, and help explain it. 
and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of things out there I don't understand. I don't do well. It's, it always makes me chuckle when somebody says, you know, I should do a better job. I should know more. I should know all these things you're talking about. And I'm saying, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a nuclear physicist. I'm like, okay, I don't know your job. Why do you think you should know everything about mine? Oh, yeah, right. good point. So, yeah, I would definitely go about that in that order. Brian, a lot of people have wills, they have trusts, and they haven't looked at them in years. And as you said before in this program, some people, you know, their will says they got two children, when in reality they've got five. Is it a good idea to update your will or your trust at least once a year, or at least take a look at it? No. Oh, I'm just kidding, Jeff. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I got yeah, you just, with that one, didn't I? Just leave the other like, three what? kids out of this. Yeah. Doesn't make any difference <laughs> yeah, whether it looks like the Declaration of Independence. If it was Hey, when I'm gone, I'm gone. What do I care? Let that's the right, two, like you. you know, fight with the other three that didn't get anything and we'll right. see who survives. Sure. That won't I'm sure that won't be a problem. You might end up with a couple at the end. They'll dig uh, you back up. But I don't care, I'm dead, you know. No, absolutely. You wanna you wanna do that and, and uh you know, make sure that your insurance policies have the right beneficiaries, your IRAs, that your will or living trust, if you have those, are up to date. Uh, if you do have a living trust, that your your assets have been retitled, they're up to date too. The um, durable power of attorney, healthcare directive are just as important as anything like that. Username and password, so your executor who you've named in the will that you may not have can access stuff if something happens to you and something can happen to you. You know, we got COVID, you know, perfectly healthy people that are 52 years old don't feel good one day and three days later they're gone. And so this, you know, we, we have to care enough about our loved ones to take a little bit of time to update this stuff because we never know what's what's ahead. So get your personal and your financial documents in order. Also, if you don't have an emergency fund, probably a good idea to take a look at that. Let's talk about getting a handle on taxes, Brian. I mean, this is very, very important here at the end of the year is if you are obligated to make estimated tax payments to make sure that you can take those. But what are some of the other things insofar as taxes that we'll want to take a look at here at the end of the year? Yeah, and certainly we want to look at that, not necessarily for this year, because very often somebody says, well, you know, I get questions in mid-late December, what can I do? Uh, well, you can get a time machine, go back to the beginning of the year and ask me the question. So we could have done something. It's too late right now. And so really, if somebody's asking me, what can I do? I'm going to say, well, you can ignore doing anything for, for this year, because the tax planning we're going to do is going to be a, a multi-year plan for the future years. I can't have you put more money into your 401k because you've already gotten the end of the year. You don't have any more wages and you could have maxed that out or whatever it was. I, I just can't go backwards. And so absolutely tax planning is about more than the year that you're in. It's it's a smoothing out, a level loading of, of high brackets. And, and that involves multiple year plans. Uh, and that's why we do financial plans. I can say, okay, look, here you've got this potential taxable event here, maybe an inherited IRA, and we'll hold off on taking it until the year after you retire so we can pull it in at the 12% bracket instead of the 20 percent bracket and save half the taxes and you know whatever the advice is uh, it's a multi-year plan for that so tax planning is not looking backward it is looking forward to plan for what your obligation is going to be in the future there are a lot of freelancers and gig economy workers out there brian now they've got to make estimated tax payments throughout the year on their earnings when is the first one due for 2021 and then when do they happen after that yeah the uh, quarterly estimates are uh, april 15th and then June 15th, September 15th, and then January 15th. So it's kind of weird. It's, you know, fourth month, and then just two months later, and then 
you know, three months later and four months later. It, I don't even know why they do it that way. But yeah, a lot of people that have been freelancing and so forth, you know, they got paid, they spent the money, they feel pretty good. And then they realize, oh no, I've got both halves of Social Security, both halves of Medicare and the income tax at my marginal rate. Oh no, I owe 35% of what I made. Yeah. I made a hundred grand. I got to write a check for 35 grand. I didn't, I didn't budget for that. Right. And so that can really nick you. And so know what that is. Do that projection now. Don't wait until April 13th to go on or how much I owe. Oh, 35 grand. I got yeah. two days. Good luck with that. So be sure you make those estimated tax payments. And if you've got a, a side gig or something, you have a regular W-2 job, that is one where the taxes are withheld. You might want to consider withholding more from the W-2 job so that you can pay for the taxes on the side gigs or those ones that you get the 1099 for. We're talking about end of year things that you might want to consider here. Last one, uh, Brian, is you know getting a tax write-off for your generosity, keeping track of your charitable giving. Yeah, and so that can be non-cash charitable gifting, and you got to detail that out if it's over a certain amount. And then even if you don't itemize, uh, the first $300 you give this year is deductible. That's a one-time thing. But uh, there are lots of ways to gift, and whether it's bigger plans, putting charities in your will even. And that's a, that's a great thing to mention is a lot of people want to leave money to a charity, but they don't want to leave it today. They want to leave it when they're, they pass. Or maybe they have income that they don't spend. They want to leave the income, but the principal they want to leave to their kids. There's different ways that you can gift without just writing a check. And you can give appreciated stock, or if you're over age 70 and a half, you can donate IRA money directly to a charity, and nobody pays the tax on that. So there's a lot of planning. You can set up a scholarship fund while you're living and see the recipients of who's getting that. There's a lot of ways that you can offer generosity, but the easiest way is just in your will or living trust, just say, and upon my passing, I would like X dollars or X percentage of my estate to go to these different charities and these percentages and and feel good about that. We've been talking about your year-end financial checklist here on Growing Your Wealth. 401k allocations, that's one thing you want to take a look at. Rebalancing your portfolio if necessary. Updating your will or trust. Getting a handle on taxes and, of course, getting those charitable receipts together so that you can have a good tax deduction there. But the standard deduction has been $24,000 this past uh, tax year. Brian, does that look like it's going to change here in the coming year or in the years to come? Uh, we don't know because the president-elect has said that taxes aren't going up and then we're going to repeal the Trump tax laws that went through. So you can't do both. You increase standard deduction. So if that goes down, people will pay more tax, which makes the first statement incorrect. So pretty hard to say when a leader of the free world <laughs> gives an answer that in its very nature cannot be correct both times. And one's wrong and one is right. They aren't both right. So I, I can't really say. So it's just too soon to tell at this point. And by the $24,000 I meant for a married couple, 12000 for the individual, but we'll just have to wait and see. Well, Brian, out of time for this week. Want to thank everyone for listening to us. Go out and have a great day, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. 
At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. 2020 has come to an end, and the passing of another year means we get to start fresh and reevaluate our goals. As we enter into 2021, take a moment to reflect back on what mattered most in the past year. It could have been your health, your friends, and most likely, your family. Let the start to 2021 be a call to action to ensure that you have a solid estate and legacy plan in place for your family. Call 844-MADRONA to get more information on creating a plan to fit your loved one's needs. At Madrona Financial Services, they believe in creating comprehensive written plans designed to help ensure you never outlive your money and that your plan also reflects the wishes you have for your family. And to make it easy, Madrona Financial Services offers complimentary virtual no-obligation meetings where they'll take the time to discuss your unique goals and financial situation. Leave this past year behind and enter a new one with the confidence that your loved one's future is secure. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. 